0: 1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit City of Champions. All right, sticking it in the ground. Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. We're picking up the story where we left off last time with Walter Hagen. It's an amazing story, 1935. All the winning teams, and we're deep into the golf story now. Walter Hagen, he's trying to play in the British Open. Uh, Americans haven't been really welcomed uh, in the British Open very well. Kind of treated a little poorly by the press, so Walter was doing some preemptive media by bringing his own reporter with him and yet still hatchet job so we're gonna find out uh, what happened after this horrific hatchet job of an article went live in the paper right before he was supposed to play and all the other obstacles he faced before he could play in the British Open and then ultimately how how he did how well he did spoiler alert we're gonna we're gonna find that out before this episode's over and see where he finished Is it in the top? We shall see as we continue with Charles Avison, the author of the trilogy of books, Detroit City of Champions, as we're into the story here on Walter Hagen. Thank you for being with us. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, all that business, uh, and we're back into it where Charles and I left off.
1: headline from the next day. (laughs) Reader Skeeter had had her way with it. (laughs) uh, What's it say? So here's the headline from the very next day. Oh, God. Cocky doodle do Walter Hagen, boastful American champion, is boyishly confident of winning the British Cup, which only once in its history has ever left British shores. Hagan says that no golfer should be over seventy two around deal. He intends to show us how to play the game and he prefers to pitch to the flag so close he doesn't have to putt. Uh, but he is going to putt to prove he can putt. That's the headline that's the intro to the article. <laughs> That's the so the nice coverage of him. That's the coverage he did gets. You, did you even listen to me? Did you even listen you? to a word I said? So that's the did coverage this, he gets. So you
0: pull a Mitch album and have this written before you came? Yeah. <laughs> so that's the, that's the coverage Ooh, he gets when he
1: when he first yeah when he first lands there, and so it convinces him immediately. Well, I'm glad I brought my own reporter now yeah. because this is the only way I'm going to get a fair shake, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a there is a whole section here where he talks about. He actually was pretty upset about this and about that whole thing. And so, yeah. what was interesting is that he knew the, the, the editor, the owner, I mean, sorry, the owner of the Daily Mail uh-huh. from this time, whose name was um, uh, Lord Northcliffe. Mm-hmm. He had, and we'd mentioned, I think we actually briefly mentioned him earlier, but Lord, he, he, he knew Lord Northcliffe, and he actually went to Lord Northcliffe's house. Uh, can said, somebody
0: run this message over to Lord Northcliffe? Yeah, you're a dick. Yeah, that's exactly
1: what he did. That's what he did, and he went to Lord North Northcliffe, and Lord Northcliffe went golfing with him. Uh, yeah, and so, like, so he basically goes, "Hey, Hagan, you know the the British Open's really uh, important to us. Come on, come on. The British Open's really important <laughs> to us. You know, we gotta. You know, we can't have you come in here, and we're just, we're super nice to you. You know, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of resistance to you and everything." You know, we don't like people trying to take our British Open. Come on, you know? Let's go golfing. <laughs> yeah. There, so he goes There's the...
0: <laughs> there's beer on the golf course. Yeah. What what kind? Yeah. He's like, Thor, what kind of beer? On but it's just ship. kinda
1: awesome that he's like right. you know, he's like he's like, Do you know who you're writing this story about? I, I'm friends with the owner of your paper. You know? <laughs> so Hagen knows so go like you said, he goes, he goes to the guy's house, they go golfing together, they probably have some drinks, you know. goes like, hey, you know, man, like, you know, it's just kind of the waiting you know, word. We, you know, their gardeners are you know they're you know there's you know, your big story and all this. We're trying to put stuff out. So anyway, with all due respect, so, yeah. So so the guy ended up putting a like a miniature retraction in the paper, which sort of retracted a little bit. So there mm-hmm. was a little bit of a you know a happy ending to a certain oh, extent. Cool. Yeah. But Hagen's like, well, good thing he knew the owner of the paper and all that, right? Because otherwise, he's getting beat up, and he's yeah. good thing he's got his America because he's like. This is within the first day he's got off the ship, <laughs> right? The first day he's got off the ship. So I want to go back. I want to drink some yeah. champagne with the actress. So again. we're gonna Give see, like this is so you know going through. This is kind of a you know there's you know this is not gonna be an easy you know uh, story to get through. Um, so anyways, um so so Hagan wants to like go and practice that deal this course to get a use of it, but you had to be invited to practice there for anything besides the u s open like he's like he got the u s open invite, but he didn't get an invite to go practice there right so he's so he's not so he didn't get to go practice any you know practice there prior to the prior to the course right and a Lynx course, yeah, over uh
0: England, Ireland compared to courses here in the states that call themselves Lynx courses. Those are two entirely. Yeah, well, that's different what he's anim- saying. in there. It is uh, a map is not going to tell you. Well, yeah. the crazy. got f- craziness that is uh, a, a true links course. Well, that's uh, what Hagen's
1: saying. I wanted to go play in this course, but they I couldn't do it. They didn't invite me. Yeah, so he couldn't even go practice on it. Yeah, so it's like, well, just, uh, well, just, well that just, sucks. I mean, you know, anyone
0: over there is going to give you a good impression of like, holy
1: crap. Well, not one. I mean, this is one that's on the ocean yeah. side. Oh, you know, like God, the yeah. wind and all this. And so he didn't even get to go practice there, and so as instead, he, like he kind of got roped into doing this exhibition. Like I mean, he was like, you know, he's fine to do it. He wanted yeah. to get his game going and all this, but um, he wanted to really uh, go to to deal. Yeah. And so, um, so uh, what's the deal? Yeah. So he wants to go to deal, and um, and one of the reasons besides just practicing was is that the three greatest British golfers are there they're practicing. And right. He wanted to go there to just not only just practice but he wanted to watch these guys. He did he was he did that with somebody else. He like really was in uh, no, Harry Varden. Yes, yeah, the, the guy and that's the guy who will but he didn't get a chance to watch Harry Varden in the Brookline because Harry because he left, remember at the yeah. end of the tournament yeah, yeah, before yeah. the final shootout. He was <laughs> right. everybody else was rolling into Brookline to watch the famous Last day, you know, the yeah. tiebreaker game, you know, uh, you know, set. And he's so mad at how, how, he, how he missed out by just a couple of strokes that he actually just took off yeah. and missed the whole final day. So he, and he, But he was most mad, of course, because he didn't get to watch Harry Varden. But in this case, so the three greatest golfers in the world, Ted Ray was good, but he wasn't one of these three. Um, so it was a guy named James Braid, Harry Varden, of course, and John Henry Taylor. All right. So James Braid had won this British Open five times. Wow. Well. Harry Varden had won it six times, hey. and John Henry Taylor had won it five times. Wow! So if you look at if this is what's cool, I was going to put a graphic of this, but I figured anybody could just look this up. If you look at like I just went to Wikipedia to look at like the uh, who won like from 1894 to 1914. You just look at like the list of British like Open winners, three different people. Yeah, if you look at <laughs> if you look at the, the you know British Open winners Two guys. on Wikipedia for like yeah f- you know just like the history of British Open yeah, winners yeah, yeah. when you get between 1894 and 1914, like quite literally all you see they show the first and second place finishers for yeah, the British yeah, yeah. Open and it's one of these three guys yep. whether it's first or second place yep. it's one of these three guys for every single year from 1894 to 1914 like there's a couple of holes like sure 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 um there you know but but otherwise it's like Every yes. it's it's crazy. You're like these guys are British Open Masters. Yeah, like that's all they do is win British Opens, and they're practicing on. Is deal. the British Open always held at? Uh, no, the it rotates. It the rotates, the D, rotates yeah, okay. they it hasn't been in deal in a long time. Okay, I don't think it's okay. been there since. It might have been one more after this, and okay. it hasn't been a deal again since. Right. Um, they have a lot of tournaments there, but I don't think it's the like, British you know, Open Augusta
0: been there. is you know always hosting. Yeah, no, this one has not. Right, so no, I don't.
1: Is... Yeah, this was um. So at the time it was big, but okay. So anyway, so he so he that was one of the reasons he wanted to go was to yeah. meet, meet these guys. Um, but instead, so he goes, he gets kind of roped in to do this exhibition, and there's an American golfer named Jim Barnes, who's very you know he was like, in his day with Hagen. he was a very he was a big name golfer too, Jim Barnes. Um, he he would end up winning a British Open a couple years after oh, this, cool. but but Jim Barnes was a big name too and so um so Jim Barnes and Hagen would 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 go would form a foursome with golf versus uh, uh two a Scottish guy named George Duncan and a and an English guy named Abe Mitchell two, two big name you know fairly big names they ne- they weren't in the the three you know the triumvirate of these three British yeah. golfers that we just mentioned but so this four this set of four would uh, you know golf together, and so it's a little interesting story here about um, that Hagen talks about, and this is what we're getting into, like the influence of America on golf in Britain, right? Okay. So the so the, the so the 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 exhibition is he keeps calling it Coom Hall, it's called Coombe, or I'm sorry Coom Hill. Um. So Coombe Hill is this exhibition. I'm not sure. Where, it's probably a nearby deal in some capacity, but. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, so he starts off saying uh, um the gallery at Coombe Hill, where where we where we played the match was amazed at the american way of putting backspin on the ball when i did this on one hole in the early part of the match george greenwood an old time english golf writer commented that it was only an accident jim explained that he frequently did the same thing and proved it with a shot so jim barnes jim barnes said i frequently do the same thing and and i'll prove it and he did it with a shot watch 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 yeah and so but greenwood refused to be convinced so, George Greenwood, an old-time English golfer, said it was only an accident and refused to be convinced after Jim Barnes says, I do it too. We're these two American golfers, and this is what we do. So, he's putting backspin on it to get mm. the ball, like, to roll back, right? So, so... uh but Greenwood refused to be convinced, believing it to be some sort of magic we exercised. <laughs> <laughs> so at first he oh, says it's an accident. At first he's like, eh, it's an accident. And Jim Martin's like, no, it's not. I just did it again. And he goes, you know, Hagen did it first. And he goes, that was an accident. And Hay- Burns goes, no, I did it too. And he goes, well, it must be magic then. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's the only The only, logical. The only reasonable explanation, <laughs> the only explanation at this explanation. point would be magic. Well, it was an accident. No, it was magic then, yeah. you know. So uh, so a, le- a year later, Jock Hutchinson, the first American by choice pro to win the British Open, startled the gallery at St. Andrews by making the ball take a spin and come back a few feet. So the gallery at St. Andrews, oh. <laughs> they see the ball roll backwards. Like, oh, my God. It's, it's, like, it's, the, like, the,
0: it, it's like the mystery spot.
1: Yeah, and it's the yeah. ball rolling well, up. Well, I would compare it to the first. Have you ever seen Semi-Pro, the movie Semi-Pro with Will Ferrell? Uh. When they first do the alley oop dunk, right? Have you seen that movie? You know what I'm talking about. So he, so they do the alley oop, and then they, (laughs) the whole crowd goes, "Oh my god!" And then like the the refs whistle drops out of his mouth. They've never seen an alley oop dunk. It's like 70s. (laughs) It's like 1970s basketball. So I compare this the the making the ball roll back, you know, and the the backspin on the ball is like the first alley oop dunk. And they go, (laughs) "You said look at this. Look at his words. He used. a year later, Jock Hutchinson, American." Pro the first American by choice pro to win the British Open startled the gallery at St Andrews by making the ball take a spin and come back a few feet. They're startled. <laughs> like, yeah. they're like oh, like the women are. don't look, honey. That's yeah, you know, yeah. crazy. Huh? Like startled. That's a huge. That's a that's a word. You, there's women in the audience. What, <laughs> what are you are doing? doing? Yeah, there's a women in here. You know, what are you doing to this? So when he made so they, check this out. When he made a hole-in-one in the 1921 championship, his ball landed on the green a couple of feet past the cup, then came back and dropped into the cup. Oh, So he made a backspin hole-in-one at a 1921 Ooh, championship. You see what I'm saying? Like, so the Ameri- they're like, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. This this guy here, who's a George Greenwood, an old-time English golf writer, first says it's an accident, then it's magic. Yeah. And then a year later, Jock Hutchinson... Uh, you know, well, two, two, yeah, a year later, Jock Hutchinson drops a hole in one with the backspin. That's a, that's, that change, this has changed everything here. It's now, like, every, whenever you watch a golf game today, yeah. I dare you to find somebody not dropping a, you know, a wedge shot or whatever onto the green. And every ball was, they hit rolls or it spins backwards in there. They Yeah.
0: I, I like the one that uh, they, they put the top spin on it uh, and he skims across mm. the, 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 the par three. Uh water hazard yeah. one, uh, and the guy holding one day. Oh, right. Have you okay, seen no, that? No, I haven't like seen that one. In, uh-huh. It's like in the last, yeah, so part three, holding one. I forget what, uh, it wasn't regulation play. It was kind of like exhibition play in practice, and they they have like, oh, do a goofy shot. Yeah. See, they, everybody's like, oh, see how close you can get to the pin by skipping it across the water. It's just kind of a thing. Yeah. The guy holding ones it.
1: Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see right here, like it's kind of like the last, you know, like what we were talking about, uh-huh. you know, a couple yeah. episodes ago where you don't even think about like, hey, you know, like you're going, I wonder when they started charging admission for golf. It's yeah. not something you even think about because it's like automatic. It's such an obvious thing. But there was some. But there was a time when that was actually, you know, it like invented, like it was like an innovation, and there was a reason why it happened. Hagen was at the center of that. One of the most important innovations in golf, right now, you watch golf on TV, and every single time you see, you know, every single golfer when they drop a, you know, drop a shot on the green, it rolls backwards, mm-hmm. right? It rolls backwards. Hagen, I'm th- I'm telling you the story right here of the <laughs> first, the first backspin. Put on the ball in you know in England, it at the British Open and it changed the way it, they play. Yep. You see what I'm saying? They're like it's not because they're like, oh my God, oh uh, Jock Hutchinson sunk a hole in one with it. That's I mean I'm sure that they were impre- you know impressed by it. They're like, well I better learn how to do that too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Plus oh, yeah. it looks. It looks freaking cool. Oh, yeah. Like you are super freaking cool if you can make the ball spin backwards like that. And, like and then drop a shot. Like it John Hutchinson was, was looking yeah. like the coolest guy in the world with that shot, man. John
0: the dude's name was John Ram. John Ram. John Ram. Uh on the sixteenth hole of the Masters in twenty twenty. Uh he did that. I'm gonna share the screen. I'm gonna yeah. show I'm gonna show you this little video. Check check it out. Yeah,
1: let me see. I'll take a look. Check. I'm gonna actually grab a drink real quick. Hold on. Yeah, no. So here it
0: goes. This is John uh John Ram on the on sixteen. <laughs> Hitting this shot. Here he goes. It just skimmed across the water. The ball's rolling across the green. It's rolling a good... Hundred feet across the green, Jeez, rolling, 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 rolling. Oh it's still god. going. It had to, it had to go. It had to go a hundred feet on the, on oh the green. Oh my god! Boop.
1: Look at that shot right in the
0: hole. <laughs> look at that. So
1: I want to see his reaction. Is he yeah, happy about it?
0: Yeah. Oh my god! It's like, are you kidding me? Oh my god! Yeah. Look at that guy. So it's kinda like a it's just Dude, a fun, I would be
1: I would be way happier than that guy is.
0: It's a fun thing they do. Um,
1: I would be so much more ha- I would be so much happier than that guy. I'd be jumping yeah. I'm like, well, you see that? You yeah, see yeah. That? I
0: don't think that was a regulation shot. I think that well, I, they, I think they do. I don't. I, I think they just do that for for fun. Oh, uh, oh, really? Yeah.
1: Like in the middle of like, a tournament, they just he you just. You're, like, I think it's during like
0: that? the warm up rounds. Oh, okay. Uh, and I think they're like, oh, hey, let's see who can you know do this or that. That's awesome. So yeah, it's uh, so it was twenty twenty, and it's like, hey, you got a hole in one. That's on that's that. that is a great shot. How oh, do I get out of the share screen? Um, Stop, Sheen. Okay, there we go. So, anyways, so, this, yeah. is, so this is so this is the, that was the awful, Americans. That was awful audio for uh, anybody watching. Just listening to just the audio. What on that? Yeah. Oh yeah, because for, we were kind of so, we, we described it, a you bit, could, and yeah. plus they
1: can look it up themselves. So, yeah. so uh,
0: that's uh, another episode you have to go see the video. Yeah, this, no, right. we,
1: we described it pretty well. I wonder if we get spanked for so, copyright. But so, anyways, this. Um, no, I think you're allowed to show pretty much anything as long as it's like if it's under like thirty seconds. I think no, you can show there, anything. No, there's not. That's not true. I heard you can show different videos. Well, I thought I heard that somewhere because uh, you uh, could get flagged if you show something no, for more longer than yeah, a certain amount of no, time. That's, that's oh,
0: okay. all for two seconds, not even
1: two seconds. Well, you're it's, the p- producer and everything, yeah. so you know so, what than I do. Yeah,
0: yeah. probably broke copyright there.
1: Okay, all right, <laughs> whatever. We're good.
0: <laughs> we're gonna so, but the, the backspin it was like just astounding. People there, yeah, they, they thought were it was like, magic. Oh my
1: god! And they're, but they're, they're, they're like. It? But then, like, the, and then Jim Barnes steps up and dro- yeah. and hits a spin back, you know, a spinner <laughs> a too, and they're going, one, yeah. "That's this is an American American thing." You and your American. These Americans have figured out this, you know, backspin on a golf ball, and then. Yeah. But the great thing is that Jock Hutchinson, a year later, which is like the ultimate American name, Jock Hutchinson. <laughs> you know, there's, that's 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 a freaking awesome American name. He's like yeah, Jock Hutchinson comes along the next year. And then sinks a, a, a hole-in-one with a backspin shot. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. that's an American thing. That's the first time these British, they haven't had a big championship like this. They haven't interacted with Americans in seven years, right. or, you know, six, seven years. And now, all of a sudden, the Americans come over and, like, look what we learned. Yeah. We learned we could put backspin on a ball and, and drop shots with it. Uh, you know what I mean? That's a huge thing. Oh, yeah. And especially when you see it every single day in sure. golf, you know. Yeah. So, if you're, you are you are listening right now, next time you watch a golf or your game or you're Talking to me, it, Like, did you know? You know, like every time you see it, you know, you remember Hagen. Mm-hmm. Hagen was the first guy to actually do it, and and then the other guys were showing him that. Yeah, all Americans do that. It's American thing, you know. So, anyways, yeah. So that's where that started. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so, you know, so so like moving right along. So, um, so H- so Hagen and Barnes, like, so leading up to uh the, the the British Open, um, it's sort of a story that's like we've already seen a couple other times so far uh Hagen and Barnes go to the clubhouse in Britain to go change into their gear, right? To get ready for golf. And so what do you think happens, Jamie? Uh they don't let him in the clubhouse? <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. But along those lines, oh, you yeah. know, it's No, like,
0: it's just what what are you wearing, right? They,
1: no, well, yeah, what are you, why are you, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see you you're, you're right. not wrong. They they don't they, yeah, they don't let him in, but are but it's a little bit, it's a little bit more to it. So All right. um so anyways, uh so I um I invited Jim Barnes to drive down to deal in my rented limousine so we could look over the course and get acquainted with the setup. I liked the impression of the Austin Daimler complete with chauffeur and footman made as we pulled up in front of the clubhouse. We climbed out of the car and strolled inside being early on being early on an off day. We couldn't find anyone in the clubhouse. So we looked for the locker rooms. We were dressed for golf except for changing our shoes. While we were making the change, the head locker steward, a little man in a white coat came hurriedly in our direction "'Are you Mr. Huygen?' he in- inquired <laughs> brusquely. <laughs> "'I am,' I said, and this is Mr. Barnes. "'Gentlemen,' he said importantly, "'you're in the wrong place.' "'This is Deal?' I asked. "'Oh, yes, indeed,' he assured me, "'but you gentlemen are professionals. "'You'll be using Mr. Hunter's golf shop for dressing.' "'Well, pardon me,' I, I said, "'and walked out in my golf shoes, "'giving the other pair to my hired footman to, in the car, "'to put in the car. "'Jim and I went down to the golf shop "'to pay our respects to Mr. Hunter, the pro, "'and to look in the f- over the facilities.' One long spike in the wall had several coats hanging on it and a far corner of many pairs of shoes. The toes turned up like skis, were piled disc- disconsolately. I guess the Oakland, Hills co- the Oakland Hills Golf Club treatment had spoiled me, made me accustomed to being treated as, as any golfer, pro or amateur should be. For I took one look at Jim and he followed me, pla- followed me out of the place. I knew we weren't going to use that shop for a dressing room. We'll use my car for a dressing room, I told Jim. We can dress at the tavern in the village and then just change our shoes out here. I got my two caddies and we started. I used my footman as a forecaddy to train him for the championship. I had told the chauffeur to meet us at the 18th green with my polo coat and to leave the car parked directly in front of the club. So he's got to go through all this rigmarole just to get ready for the thing. Yeah. We, When we played around, around to Deal's 18th green, the club's Mrs., Mr. Secretary, a small but important little fellow with a wax mustache, stepped up to greet us. During our walk back to the clubhouse where my car was parked, he apologized for the incident earlier that morning but explained again that professionals were not allowed in the clubhouse. Yep. Oh. I told him I was sorry, too, but we did not know the rules, and henceforth we use my car. I'll be living at the nearby pub so I can easily change my shoes and sweater in the car. <laughs> I'll be living at the nearby I, pub. I love, yeah. I
0: love that you said that earlier, we'll change at the tavern. I'm like, eh, he's we're lo- going for said,
1: drinks. He's saying, I'll be living at the nearby pub. Uh. That's where he's living.
0: I'll be there <laughs> don't drinking make up night. day. Don't make, don't make yeah. me go get cocktails.
1: So, uh, so I can easily change my shoes and, the sw- and sweater in the car. He didn't like the idea of parking my car in front of the clubhouse either eh. and of and of having the chauffeur meet me at the 18th green. However, I followed that custom throughout my stay. So so he so he walks they there's they are so used to American golf mm-hmm. where he's been at the the uh, Oakland Hills Country Club in Detroit, of course. Right. Uh you know, and he's goes into Oakland Hills and he's so used to going to the clubhouse there now I and mean, we again early in his but career it was the old ways early in his career it was forbidden sure his only we talked about already his only experience at the rochester club right. was just that one time where the guy was using him to go get his you know rival drunk and he was running there to the bar to grab drinks for him but oh, but at oakland hills in detroit he had been at a place where merit Meritocracy yeah. was it. Yeah. It was not about aristocracy. It was not about the old guard protecting their little world by saying yeah. you're not good enough to be part of our amateur world of, you know, aristocracy club. Yeah. So, but it, in Detroit where he comes there because where people from all over the country are flocking with ideas to make money and this and that, yeah. he is welcome there as a regular guy. It's like why wouldn't you be able to come in the clubhouse, yeah. man? You're a pro. You're our main guy. You're a celebrity. We want you everywhere in this club. You can come anywhere you want. So he was so used to it from the Oakland Hills Country, country He's Club getting world smacked with those old ways. Yeah. So he go. So he goes to Britain and he just forgets. Yeah. He forgets. He hasn't. He hasn't even. He hasn't been rejected from a clubhouse in fair, years. Fair. And so he walks in with Jim Bargo. Hey, Jim, let's go in the clubhouse and hey. get ready. We're, hey, where's the locker room at? And the guy's like. No, what are you doing? No, no, no. What are you doing here, right? And Dagan's yeah, yeah. like, what do you mean? You
0: vagrant skin. Out and of so here.
1: now Hagan, this really flares up his, like, going, it's I'm a- going to a- screw a- you over, <laughs> buddy. You know, like, <laughs> how in the hell, you know, you're going to throw me out of here? Yeah. You know, it's one thing to not be allowed there and to kind of honor the rules, it's another thing for the guy to be like, you're a second-class citizen. It's time really for you to You really have to park your car out front. Yeah, don't you know? Don't Do embarrass you, is yourself. Is that where you really want to park your car? Yeah. Out? Then he goes. Really? He goes. He didn't. He didn't like the fact that I was really? parking my car out front either. <laughs> He's like. <laughs> He goes, Okay, we won't be in the clubhouse, but we're just gonna park our, our clubhouse out front, you know, the yeah. Austin Daimler with a chauffeur and a footman. He's got a footman with
0: it. Hey, and he's you, awesome. You know there's a bar in that car. You know there's a bar in the car, he's hitting the bar at the tavern. Yeah, and he's
1: like, We're gonna be he's like, I'm gonna be living at the pub anyways, you know. <laughs> so that's where he'd be at. It's like send my mail to the pub. But that's what I'm saying, like, so here he is. Yeah. This is a Ameri- this this is what is happening in America. That mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like it's starting that that idea has is starting to shape, it's starting to change. Right. Professional golfers are starting to become big timers and being and, and it's not even it's you know why wouldn't you be allowed in the clubhouse, right? Yeah. And so I'm saying that idea in America has already started to change to such a degree that not only him, but Jim Barnes walked in there too, yeah. acting yeah, like yeah. I mean Jim yeah. Barnes wasn't the, the Oakland Hills guy, so it wasn't this idea wasn't unique to Oakland Hills. Right. And so Jim Barnes and Hagan walk in like, where's the clubhouse? Let's go. And they're like, you gentlemen are, you know, lower level, you know, you're a lower class. You got to go God. somewhere else. So I'm saying that like, that's another element of America mm-hmm. that's, that's now coming in conflict you know, coming into conflict, American golf, that's coming into conflict with this British, yeah. you know, you know, uh, this British style. This so, regime. you know, that's like basically pre world war one mentality. Yeah. So, so anyways, so that's them, you know, trying to get in the clubhouse. So, we haven't um, even
0: played the damn game yet.
1: Yeah, yo. So, so anyways, yeah. So we haven't even played. So this, so so this is like the sort of entry point to the game. And so then they um, go so, Yeah, no, there's there's a little bit to it. So I anyways, away, so, so 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 Hagen has a singular sort of memory from the from the game from mm-hmm. the actual uh, tournament. And it, what's interesting is it's not really the the, the actual uh, game itself, right? It's not actual the actual play. So he says. Um, The memory England carried of me from that first attempt at the British Open was not of my golf, but of my golfing attire. Mm. So the clothes he wore, what he remembers most about the British Open is the clothes he wore, okay? And they wrote much about my clothes in the British papers. The native players, particularly the amateurs, took great pride in frayed tweed jackets, crumpled knickerbockers, and even boots, I appeared on the first tee that starting day dressed in one of the 12 beautifully harmonizing outfits I'd brought over with me. I wore a black sleeveless pullover sweater, white silk shirt with collar and dark tie, custom tailored white flannel knickers and ble- and black and white sports shoes for a bleak for a I'm sorry, for, for a break from the black and white, I wore gray golf stockings golfers and gallery alike made a special tour around me to take in my sartorial splendor. Uh. <laughs> he's like, he's sitting there going, bask in my sartorial splendor. Sartorial splendor. <laughs> he's describing, you know, that's why I brought this little graphic where it's like you can kind of see it. Mm-hmm, like these mm-hmm. are 1920s, you know, 1920. You know, picture of Hagen versus, uh, you know, Varden. Varden. Varden's kind of frumpy. Yeah, you got like the class, you know, your kind of tweed jacket, your tweed pants, nothing ostentatious. You know, they got the high, you know, the the knickerbockers, you know, the legging, you know, like uh, a pants and pantaloon type of things. And so does Hagen, but you can see the difference. Hagen's got the two tone shoes.
0: Yeah, it's tailored. It looks very tailored and crisp. Totally.
1: Totally. The other one looks frumpy and exactly. He's kind of like got the kind of laid, you know, like the the front, yeah, like the tweet. And so Hagen, they're going look at this guy. This guy is, you know, he's in the way he describes it too. He says. I appeared on that first tee this starting day dressed in one of the 12 Uh, beautifully harmonizing outfits I'd brought over with me. And we've already talked in several different examples about Hagen, Like when he first saw that one guy, he wanted to look just like him. Yeah. So he like saved up his money to get the scarf and the shirt and all this. And then he like, he basically just copied that guy's look. And then every single tournament thereafter, he was like adding to it and trying to do his own thing and kind of come up with his own thing. But it's like that, you know, the, the, you know, the the look is Hagen's like bringing out this like flashy kind of like this whole new look, which is this American style. People are going, you know, you know, th- this is another thing coming from America. You know, imagine this Hagen, this best golfer in America, and he's got this new look yeah. that they're going, yeah. oh, who's this guy? Like this is golf, man. Like this yeah, is the yeah. new, like this is the new modern thing. You know, this is the post World War One, you know, the Roaring Twenties golf look. And so he's changing. He's changing the fashion of golf. And those two-tone
0: sports shoes.
1: Yes, you can see it
0: in the picture. uh, That's still today. Yeah,
1: look at him. He's rocking it. That's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't rock. They're wearing boots. He said they even wore boots on the course, man. He's like, I'm not wearing boots. I'm wearing two-tone. Like, look how much time he takes in describing it. He's like, my memory. He even says that's his memory. He says, "My memory, the memory England carried of me from the fir- from that attempt at the one was not my golf, nope. but my golfing attire." That's it. <laughs> that's it. So that's what I'm saying. Like he's he's awesome, man. He's like uh, he's like I don't. Like, the game was secondary. Uh, uh, but maybe it's because it's the way that he played. <laughs> so that's a-
0: yeah, yeah. So what uh, do, do we ultimately know? Are we getting into that? Yeah, how we're getting we, into how it how right did now. He do? All right. Not good.
1: Ah, real bad. <laughs> real bad. In fact, I would just skip over that section. Well, that
0: uh, no, those links courses, man, they are on four. Well, that's what he's <laughs> and he and he's notorious. He's notorious for a bad shot yeah. and then making it up. There's a, there's no recovering from a bad shot. No, that's what On, saying, a, on yeah. a true links, yeah. There's well, a, that's what You got saying. a bad shot. You are done yeah. like dinner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, that's what he's saying in this. He's saying he, – he actually says you – know, can, can, we'll read about it. We'll see what happened to him. So he says – so he is, I had a practice. I, I, I played one practice round at deal at, at, in 72. I mean, he got a 72 in, the, in a practice. So he did get an actual practice round. At, you know, he got a 72. But when I began to play in the championship, it was another story. Ah. I didn't start until noon, and some early scores had already been posted. Nothing sensational yet, however. I had a fair-sized gallery waiting to see me play, mostly Americans who expected to see me in my best form. I played fairly well in the first nine holes. I had a score of 37. But coming back, well, that was really something. (laughs) I've never in my life seen such wind. Women were holding umbrellas over them while they passed sand traps to be protected from the grit, sand, and pebbles that blew across the fairway. Wow. On one tee shot, the ball stayed up in the wind so long, I turned my back on it to keep from being smacked in the face when the current carried it back towards me. Uh, so on a tee shot, he hits it, and he has to dodge because it's about to hit him in the face. His own geez. tee shot. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Like a boomerang coming back. So... uh um, I, he, said, he said He I needed a catcher's mask. That shot didn't even carry the rough in front of the tee. The whipping, blustering wind was a new and puzzling experience for me. I was pressing my shots through the fairway and going for everything on the green, with the sad result that my score mounted to a 48, Oop. giving me an 85 for a total. I had decided in the beginning that a 300 would not get me anywhere, and I was going all out, but I would gladly have settled for a 75 in each of those first two rounds. When I felt myself slipping, I went for every shot as if it were my last. When I finished, I said to Dicky, "Did you ever see me play such terrible golf?" He admitted he had left me at the end of the first nine holes because he thought he was jinxing my game. Uh, he had followed uh, some of the British, but hadn't seen anyone playing much good golf. So this guy's supposed to be reporting. He's uh, just like I stopped watching you uh, after I nine. Couldn't, I couldn't watch, dude. I it thought was, I was jinxing you. That's yeah. a likely story. H- Hagan still thinks that's what's worse. Kinda, that's what's kind of funny is Hagan still thinks that that uh, that Dicky was like he left him because he actually thought he was jinxing his game. If you read between the lines here, Dicky. He's supposed to be covering Hagen for the American papers. Yeah. Dickey pr- probably just couldn't watch it anymore. Like he's like, I thought I was jinxing your game, so I walked away. He may he may have left like just like just almost like like Hagen walks us into like I can't watch you Hagen, you're getting destroyed, right? He had followed he had so he said uh, Dicky had followed some of the British, but hadn't seen anyone playing much good golf. George Duncan was going badly, and Abe Mitchell with a 74 led him by several strokes. Dickey said, "Just keep going and try for second or third. If you can't win." and and uh, Hagen says I don't want I don't want second if I can't win I don't care where I finish I told him I won't be any better tomorrow maybe but I but I'm going out to win I figure I'll I'll either be under 70 or I'll be up over 80 uh. I was determined to beat the British pros and they were just as determined to take the Americans we all extended our efforts way beyond the stretching point. I tried to keep fighting. I suppose I should have picked up my ball, as most golfers would. I've never done that, and I intended to show the British that I could take a beating and still smile. I took the beating all right. George Duncan won with a not-too-credible score of 303. I trailed I, I trailed 53rd in a field of 54. Uh. One of the British sports writers reported that that finished this way. Duncan finished, but not too triumphantly, and made his exit as if he had lost. Yet there was the American, Hagen, finishing up with his head up as if he himself had won instead of finishing far down the also-rans. But it took Deal's little secretary to polish me off. I'm sorry you didn't do better, Eigen, he gloated, but golf over here is very difficult. I do hope you'll come back some future year and try again. Don't worry about me, I told him. You'll see my name on that cup. Uh, he did too, no fewer than four times. Ah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, Eigen's coming back. All right. But I, you see what he said? So he but what's great is, is that Hagen, Hagen took a beating and still was like, hey, this is great. You know, like that's what the guy's saying there. Um He said one of the British sports writers reported that finished this way. Duncan, who had won, finished. But not too triumphantly, and made his exit as if he had lost, like he was yeah. like kind of uh, demure and like you know, great, you know. And then, yet, yet there was the American Hagen finishing with his head up as if he himself had won instead of finishing far amongst the Ulzans. So H- Hagen is like, you know, he's 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 like, ah, how are you guys doing? I'm, this is great, you know. I yeah. had a great time, you know. He's yeah, like yeah. this, but it was the it was the secretary, the guy, you know, the original guy who the, wasn't happy about him parking and that. This that says. You know, hey, I hope you, you know. It's very difficult over here, you know. Golf is Hagen Hagen's the greatest golfer in the United States, winning all these different championships. He comes over here and finishes 53 out of 54. Man, yeah. So they're like, "Well, you know, Hagen, Golf is difficult hey. over here, you know. <laughs> it's not over in America. It's, I'm sure you're the greatest champion around, but here you're 53 out of 54, you right. know. Like, so that's got it. That's that's brutal, you know. That's that's um that's a brutal way for that guy to come over there and try to throw salt in the wound. Yeah. Uh, so anyways so that's you know that this that's Hagen's experience in 1919 he does he definitely does not win, win the US am sorry 1920 yeah 1920 didn't uh, get yeah, that na- open yeah he he doesn't get the chat. but but how much time have we got left we got 5 minutes or so no nah, we're already over an hour but whatever all right good we're not going so there's there is there is a like sort of light at the end of the you know Happy ending to the today's story. So Hagen does, you know, he finishes 53rd out of 54. Oceans. Everybody out there is probably just tore up over this, right? Mm-hmm. Going, oh my God, Hagen can't win. We're hanging on every story. He, yeah, Hagen's yeah. been winning everything. How can he lose this one? So there's a little consolation prize. So we'll, fit, we'll wrap it up. We wrap it up on a good, you know, positive note. Hooks back up with the actress. No, 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 got that, that, back. no. That would be awesome. In a movie, we can write that in. Cause right. That's awesome. Um, that would be that would be a great. That, you see some pictures of her. That would be Dringing, a great. Drinking, with Connie at the tavern. That would be a great finale to the story, uh. no matter regardless of winning or losing. <laughs> um. But anyway, so nineteen, so nineteen twenty, Hagen, Hagen and uh, Jim and Jim Barnes and and Duncan who won the. Uh, who won the, you know who won the, the British Open yeah. and Abe Mitchell he's got basically the foursome, the guy the four guys that have played at that little you know the little tournament prior to the, to the British Open, the four mm-hmm. guys um, they, they, there's the, the French open is about to play, right So there's the British open there's the French open. So it's a national. It's not a major, but it's a national title, right? Sure. So they're like, "Well, hell, let's go to France, right?" Yeah. And Hagen uh, wants to see. And Hagen also wants to, which is interesting. He talks about how he wanted to go and see the battlefields of World War One. Oh, yeah. So hey, this is these things are still raw, right? Oh, yeah, he's going yeah. over there to check out the battlefields of World War One at yeah. this point. So he's like, "Well, I can go see the battlefields, and I can also go see, um, you know, we're also potentially like, lick, you know, come back with a little bit of self-respect if I go win this French Open, right?" And so he goes over. And so just like when he arrives at the British clubhouse, Hagen is gonna have another incident with regards to not being able to go to the French clubhouse, but this one is way worse. Oh my god. This one is way worse, right? right? So this is the pre so as they're leading up to the the um you know to this French French open 1920, yeah. yeah. And so um so he says I I had intended to make I had intended making a trip to Paris for some fun after the fiasco at deal. But during the time I was in London, George Duncan, Abe Mitchell, and I became very good friends. So we decided the three of us would would enter the French Open. I take it back; Jim Barnes wasn't there. It was Jim Barnes is part of like a ton of other stories with him. Mm-hmm. So he, Jim Barnes I, doesn't look like was there. But so it was the two guys, uh, Duncan and Mitchell. You know, okay. like I say, Duncan had won the, the U.S. Open or the British Open, and Abe Mitchell. The, so, so, uh, but during the time I was in London, George Duncan, Abe Mitchell, and I became very good friends. So we decided the three of us would enter the French Open. The accommodations for pros at Deal had seemed to me unbelievably bad and inhospitable. But Labouli, which is the course in uh, in, uh, fr- in France, um, le- so Labouli le was much worse. Oh. We were directed to an old and very much in use stable, ah. equipped with several nails for our clothes and a table for refreshments, we were told. The vile odor and, hu- and the hundreds of flies swarming about added to the disgust I felt. Duncan and Mitchell had grown up in England and were long accustomed to the acceptance of the rigid ruling which barred pros from using or even entering the clubhouses of the famed old British golf courses but we had a meeting and they and they agreed with me that it was an impossible situation mm. this place is so bad this is impossible Jeez. it's a it's a it's a barn yeah. <laughs> they redirected them to a barn oh my god so the one, keep in mind, George Duncan had just won the British Open, yeah. and Walter Hagen's is the best golfer in the United States, and they're directed to a stable, <laughs> right? That's how they treat. That's how they treat pros yeah, out there. Yeah. And so, with their concurrence and presence to back me up, I strode into the office of the president, Monsieur Pierre Deschamps, and put it to him bluntly, we're, we were to change and eat and to eat in the clubhouse or else. And that or else carried plenty of weight, for Duncan as the current holder of the British Open title, Abe Mitchell as the winner of the British Informal Open in 1919, and runner up to Duncan in 1920, and I, as the American Open title holder, were definitely the drawing cards for his French Open. If we three withdrew, he was in big trouble." Big trouble, and, and and the tall Frenchman aristocrat knew when he was when he was stymied. He gave into our demand, but this was the payoff. He would allow only the three. He would allow only the three of us to enter the clubhouse. None of the other pros were to enjoy the privilege. The shock of winning our point was so great for Mitchell that Duncan and I had to half push him into the sanctified area of the members and the amateurs. For those two British golfers, this was a major revolution we had staged. Uh-huh. So they had to basically drag Mitchell in. He's like... "I No, we shouldn't. We still...
0: It's crazy. <laughs>
1: this is insane. I can't believe... We can't
0: go in it. there. We can't go in
1: here. This is everything. This goes up against everything I've yeah. ever learned. Oh, wow. This is mind They said they almost had to drag Mitchell in. into, And I had to half push him into the sanctified area. Like, he's going into the Holy of Holies in the church, right? Like, yeah. in yeah, yeah. the... For those, two, this was a major revolution. This is an American,
0: but it still was just the three of them. The all the other pros playing are like true, oh,
1: true. Off to the stables with that you. was the concession they made. However, yeah. th- like, but it's again, it's these little steps. Like when yeah. you're talking about some of the biggest changes that have ever happened in the history of the world, you know, all these changes start with a single, you know, even if it's a miniature breakthrough. Ah, the camel's nose is in the tent. Yes. So this is so this case in this case. They are, you know, this was a major revolution we had staged. Like, like this is a, this is a. As I said from like one of the first episodes of this Walter Hagen se- segment mm-hmm. that we're doing, is that this is going to be a recurring theme. They go to this clubhouse, they're rejected, they're denied, whatever it is, and now Hagen is starting to fight back. Right, right, uh, yeah. and this these two British guys. You know, they were led by an American saying, Screw sure. these guys, man. We're coming into their clubhouse. To ch-. They're like, You know, this is an impossible situation. They're not going to the stable to change. And Hagan, rather than say, Okay, well, they'll let us go to a local hotel to change, they'll buy us a hotel sure, room to yeah, change yeah, in.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. no. Hagan says, that. Screw that. We're going to the clubhouse. Yeah. These two guys are like, What are you talking about, Hagan? And the one, you know, Dung is like, I kind of like that idea. And Mitchell's goes, We can't do that. Are you out of your mind? Yeah. That's the holy ground. Uh. And so that's what I'm saying, like that's another, that's sort of the final example of this American invasion. You know, like this, um, this, this American golf, America. You know, the America has has bred its own these its own golfing elements, yeah. and it's bringing this over to Europe, and it's starting to to change the game there. You see what yeah. I'm saying? So um, and you can and you can just see it in this one year, the numerous things that have happened that are influential, massively influential. You see, so. Um, and so so Hagen so the the sort of like you say the light at the end of the tunnel the little uh, the little cherry on top of the the cake or whatever is that uh, Hagen beats Eugene Lafitte in a 36 hole playoff to win the 1920 French Open nice and so this would begin this was the second so this was the second year that Hagen had won a national open championship like last year he won the U S Open yeah. in this case he wins the French Open so All it's not right. a major but he wins a but he wins a a, a national open which sure. is like the the country's like best you know. A trophy. Yep. So this is the second of eleven straight years. Wow, where where Hagen will win a national open championship in some regard. You know what I mean? Like so, he, like whether it's a French Open or a Mexico Open sure, or whatever sure, it is, sure, something yeah. he's going to win a national open every year for Dang. after this. After this, for another nine years straight. Dang. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. So you can see. So the American Invasion. That's uh, that's a wrap. Yeah.
0: Wow. All right. Cool. So. Um, Wow, we really swam around in that one for That's, a while. Yeah, but it's I th- like funny. I say, it
1: was. I think it was a good. It's you know, like it's, I think it's well titled. You know, this was yeah. the influence of American golf, sort of, which you know, like these. You know, the American golf is growing in its own little world, uh-huh. and then it comes over to Britain. and They're like, "What do you guys mean you don't spin the ball? What do you mean yeah. you don't?" What do you mean you don't have backspin on the ball? Yeah, what do you mean well, yeah. you don't? What do you mean we can't? St- we still can't wow. come into the clubhouses? what are you talking about? You know? What do you mean you don't dress like kind of flashy and cool like we yeah. do? You know? What do you mean? You know? What I mean like this is a it's a it's a it's a totally you know they're, they're America American culture American golf is you know this is a, in nineteen the roaring twenties this is when you know America is blossoming into the America that is going to be like the you know the economic superpower of the world right. and this is you know American culture is spreading and you can see right here. An example of the spread of American culture into a major institution like British golf, which has already been huge for years. All right. Well,
0: that was a ton of fun, man. We got more to do with Walter, though. Lots more to do. We're only in 1920. 1920.
1: We got to get up to 1935. That's it. And we don't necessarily, I don't think we're necessarily going to take it year by year, no. but there's just been some really good years in oh, here. Oh, you know? that was good stuff. Yeah. All right. There you go. Like, subscribe, leave a comment.
0: Thanks for uh, coming along for the party. Thanks for, uh, Chris, for the memes. You're cracking me up. Uh, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll do it again. The website, DetroitCityOfChampions.com. City of And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Detroit City of Champions, the podcast.